Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This week it's episode 95 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week I am joined by an absolutely fantastic actress. I had the best time chatting with her and I've genuinely been thinking about this conversation since the day we recorded it. Please welcome to the podcast Lynn Tucci. Drama School Dropout No graduation day Welcome to the podcast. How are we? I am fantastic. I'm so happy to be here and thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited. I've been trying to get you for quite a long time, but you've been very busy. That's good to know. I have good representation. <laughs> I have, yeah. I've been busy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited to chat to you. You're, you're one of my favorite actresses. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. You're welcome. It's my pleasure, honestly. How are we getting along? How's life? Because I know we're sort of, I feel like after the pandemic and after the lockdown, things are starting to feel like they're completely back to normal, for me at least. In, in Scotland I don't know how it is over in the states and obviously this week we've we've had horrible news from the states in regards to other issues so how are you doing I'm okay um my journey during the pandemic was staying healthy and in keeping um uh, uh, I, I'm a I'm like a secondary uh, um, primary secondary a uh, caregiver to someone that's not well right now and so keeping her in a facility uh, and she has dementia and so on and so forth became really my focus. And while I certainly didn't anticipate those two worlds coming together simultaneously, it kept me on the straight and narrow to the, my goal of staying healthy and, um, and keeping her sane and healthy. Mm. And that mission was accomplished. So we're not none of us are out of the pandemic but you're right things started to pick up actually what six months to get six months ago eight months ago started to get you know work and stuff like that but I had I pretty much when things were coming in and I even told my representation that I really didn't want to I couldn't I didn't want to leave this situation and yeah um, so that's, that's, that was what happened. So thank you for asking. I'm glad you're doing well and I'm okay too. It's, it's really weird that you say that, that, that the pandemic had sort of been, um, based around caring someone with dementia because I spent the entire pandemic writing a play about someone with dementia. Me? Oh, now don't make me cry. Um, <laughs> me and my best friend, Heather Spiden, we wrote a play called, this is where we get off. And, um, the central storyline is is a character who has dementia and comes back to meet her family after 18 years. And we put it on. We were self-funded entirely. We directed it, produced it. And what we did was we gave a proceed of portions away to a Glasgow-based charity called ba uh, Battle Against Dementia. So please, if you are in Glasgow and also if you have spare money, I know that time is tight right now and money is tight with the cost of living crisis, but please go and help them out because they're a great charity. But yeah, I, I spent quite a lot of time throughout the pandemic sort of reading about it. And it, it was weird because my grandma had dementia almost 10 years ago and passed away. And then while we were writing it, yeah. Heather's grandma was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So yeah, it's, it's weird how things connect with that. And I feel like we were possibly meant to have this conversation today yeah. where our paths have gone on such different lines throughout the pandemic but have been very similar yes it's so true um i applaud you for taking that on as a subject matter my god i'm so invested in it as well and very active in um, the alzheimer's you know fundraisers and so on and and all the walks that they have to raise money and this particular person also is had uh during her lifetime um ended up having glaucoma and uh, macular degeneration. So with the Alzheimer's that she became blind as well. And it was, it's, I mean, I can, you know, I don't even, it's, it's, it's been a profound eye opener 
But I would love to read the script if it's it's. Available. I will send it to you. Oh, I would love to read it. Thank um, you so you'll much. have to. Wow. Do you have my email? Um, I don't know, but all right, okay. uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, with the agent stuff, you know, blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> but we'll get that together. I would love to. Uh, I would love to read it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a very it's a very British comedy, and oh, but it it touches upon things that I'd never seen discussed within theatre or within the arts or anything like that. And I don't know. It was it it's a storyline to me that's always mattered and I don't know I just thought this was the time to tell it and it was the story that sort of told me what was happening throughout the pandemic yeah, yeah. and sort of guided me through because I always say that I, I'm really obliv not oblivious to the fact that the devastation that COVID had and how many lives it took but it gave me mine back wow, wow. that's and that's very profound yeah. It's because I came out of drama school two months before the pandemic started and I mm. was in a bad place. Mm. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life and the pandemic hit and it allowed me because I think we're all in this world where nobody's allowed a second to think. Nobody is allowed to say, I don't know what I'm doing right now. I need I need time to figure it all out. Everybody expects you to have a plan and in place and COVID hit and I was told to stay at home and I just figured everything out and it, it feels weird saying that I'm thankful for it. Now, you know, your experience is your experience and I understand that. I, I, I mm. no judgment, no judgment zone here. I get it, especially what, how you have just described what happened. I mean, where, how the pandemic landed in your lap in your life at that exact moment. So I understand that completely. Yeah. But I think we, we should move on and we should okay, move on to a lighter it. note. And because <laughs> I, I, I fear people may be getting depressed. <laughs> nah, no, you know, like I said, you're, 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 um, you're the last statement you just said is an uplifting statement. So to, to you, I say mazel tough. Thank you. I don't, I don't have a drink, but it's okay. It's five o'clock there. It's the happy hour time there, isn't it? You're in New York, aren't you? I'm in Hell's Kitchen, New York. Yeah. How, how's because that's the obviously the theater capital in the world. How how has that been living through? Because I know especially that I don't think enough people take. I said we were going to move on, but I'm going to talk about COVID for slightly <laughs> a second longer. I, I, people don't realize that theaters were the first place to close and the last place to reopen. How has it been living there? Because I imagine that you can throw throw a five. Uh, I can't remember what coins you have in the UK, the US. Uh, <laughs> A penny out of the window and you'll probably hit a couple of actors yeah oh yeah especially where i live it is the mecca it is the pulse it really is the kind of center of the universe i live like a block to well i shouldn't be giving away where no but i uh, she but lives I very live, close to theaters yeah, yeah i'm very close to theaters um which i'm very proud of i my, my initial move here to new york city was with that in mind to get a place that I knew I could walk to a theater, take a subway, take a bus, if I had extra cash and needed to take a cab. And that was the goal. And mm. it, it proved to be, a, thank God, a smart choice. So to <laughs> answer your question though, the during the pandemic, I have some pictures where I'd be, I'd walk to Broadway and uh, on Times Square, and I would go to a drugstore to pick up whatever. And with the mask on and gloves and, you know, and, and, the, and the, the germ free, everything, all, all yeah. suited up. And I'd look down Broadway and they would be like, and I'm not kidding, like one person crossing, one person crossing the street and tears would just, I could, I could think about it now. It's like for New Yorkers that are here, that it's their home, both 9-11 and the pandemic, those two huge it, events that happened to New Yorkers, the impact is so profound and yeah. everlasting, lifelong lasting. And so I will never forget that image. Having said that, moving forward and onward, um, yes, it, it is hustling and bustle again. The other day I went to go see Hello Dolly. Very exciting, how was it? With, with Beanie, with, with Beanie, the uh, girl who was originally cast, who is, who is leaving in September now. I loved it. I mean, I I thought I have to. I got the tickets long before, thinking I love the score. 
I, I, I don't care who's in it. What time, I just <laughs> need to sit there. No, I, I, I thought, and then I also thought, knowing, knowing the way it rolls, that if it were a success in the way that they hoped it would be, I would have never been able to get like any ticket that I wanted. Which is, I have a, I have this barometer that I want row seven to fourteen center. That's my, my goal, right? So I'll, I'll spend the money because. You know, when I was young and I couldn't afford anything and I was in the, the nosebleed section, I missed half the show. Yeah. You know, because I, and I learned, save your money, do the right thing and, and, and experience it, you know, in the orchestra and all of that. So I did that with this show and I loved every minute of it. And she was wonderful. Now, I will say, um, number one, I liked her as an actress and seeing her in other things, but I am a short round girl. She's a short, round girl. And, um, you know, she, I didn't think of, I mean, of course, Streisand is Streisand. I mean, everyone loves that whole thing. But there's no one else. That's it. She's the quintessential in people's eyes. Yeah. So, but I didn't, I, took, I dismissed all of that. And I was there just to embrace it all. And I did. I thought the production was good. She was wonderful. And now she's moving on. She's, um, she's leaving the show. And um, Aaliyah Michelle is coming in, from my understanding. And it was great. I've heard and I've that. Been going, yeah, yeah. I've been going to shows. Um, I went to go see my two, uh, uh, no, Uzo Aduba in uh, <sighs> Clyde. Ugh. Yeah, she's a doll. She, let me tell you something, sweetie pie. She's what you see is what you get. She's all heart, and she's a brilliant actor. And she's bloomed and bloomed. I'm watching her blooming grow like uh, astonishingly. And mm. and it's sweet. I went to go. I kind of went to go see in the pandemic. We went out for pizza after the show, and she was brilliant. So I am going to see my. I always try and support the cast as best yeah. as possible. Uh, Uzo is one of those actresses that makes me feel absolutely sick, and I hate her because she's so wow. talented. Oh my god! Do you know when oh. you just sort of feel like I wish I could just steal whatever they have, like. And if you could bottle whatever they'd have, I'd become the richest man in the world. That is how Uzo Aduba makes me feel. Yeah, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I understand that, okay? I'm an old boy and I get that. I guess, I, not that I guess, I know I have felt that way about different people. But what I really do know, I, I, I feel in my heart, is you're as good as your material too. Yeah. When they discovered Uzo and she brought what she brought to the table, they they took that and ran with it and they wrote for her like you know you're a writer you're actually yeah. i looked at some of your, the the stuff that you have written and i haven't read him but i i see that you're a profound writer prolific writer so you're as good as your material and i'm not saying i i'm giving you all the kudos possible but they, they that that cast had so many many talented women i mean it was it was including yourself uh, we are kind, but thank you. But Danielle Brooks, Danielle Brooks now. I mean, she's she's going to be doing um, the, the film, The Colored Purple, playing the role that uh, Oprah Winfrey uh, created in the movie, and she did it on Broadway. And so there's a lot of talented people. You've got to have the opportunity, and, and the writers, uh, they're writing for you. And I'll bet you that day is going to come for you, and I'm going to. I'm going to hear, I'm, I'm going to say, I remember he interviewed me. I knew him when. <laughs> yep. No, the, the thing, I, I've I've went through a bit of a change since I graduated three weeks ago. And I've uh, I've figured some things out that it's just, it's all about timing. And it's all about putting yourself out there and doing the work and all of that. And if it's meant to happen, it'll happen. That's yeah. uh, now I've, I've had to train myself when I do a self tape for an audition, do the audition, forget about it, delete the file because they've got it. And if anything comes of it, it'll come of it. Um, but I do, I, I do want to ask, I want to talk to you about Orange is the New Black very briefly, and then we'll move on to other aspects of your career because it's, it's so fascinating while I was doing my, my research. One of my favorite questions to ask anyone who's been on such a long running show or such a show that's had such an impact on culture and the landscape of political society as we know it. Did you steal anything from the set? Of course. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, oh, please. Uh, many things. Oh, do I have it behind me? Wait a minute. Let me get it for you. Oh, you can't. I, they, they can't see it, but I, 
but I'm going to show you. I feel <laughs> like I know what it's going to be. No, no. I'm telling you, I stole a lot of stuff. You, you, you probably won't. This, can you see the stick? Yeah, okay, that wasn't what I was expecting. Okay. This, do you remember the pond scene? Yeah. Where we were out in the, on, in the, in the water and we were free, free, yeah. free, free, free. And we were so happy. Well, we were walking through all the, you know, the, the, the just bushes and horrible things and rocks. And it, it was, I mean, I mean, they made it very realistic. They didn't make us, they made us feel that we were free, but we had a fight for that freedom going through these bushes. So I picked up this walking stick at, at, while, while I was walking, just because there were hills during uh, going through these bushes. And I took, this is just one of the many things. That's one amazing. Of my, yes. One of my favorite things, though, is a signed um, note from Jodie Foster. And how I happened to get it, she, she, um, she uh, directed one of, my, one of the episodes I was in. And... Uh, Anita DeMarco was, you know, in her bunker, just, you know, hanging out and beside her bed was a, um, a little table and they had, the prop department had set up a bunch, a bunch of, oops, I'm sorry, the phone's ringing. So I'm going to have to shut that off. Excuse me. So the, the, there was all these props and there were, there were notes that said Anita DeMarco, as if my family had sent me uh, a note about Anita while in the prison. So I'm looking at these these things, and I open up one of the le- uh, the cards, and there's nothing. It's blank, obviously, inside because it's a prop. So with the when the show wrapped, when the episode wrapped, I said, uh, "Jody, thank you so much. It was wonderful to work with you. She is the coolest chick in the world. I mean, I just like my heart was like I was like this with Jody Forster, but she was so you know just chill. And I said. But Jody, I said, this note, it, it, you said Anita DeMarco, thank you so much for sending it, but you didn't sign it. And she's looking at me like, what? Like she knew there might be a setup here. She wasn't sure where I was going with it. But I said, I said, look, you know, I love that you did this, but could you sign this for me? So I thought she would do what most stars do and go, Jody Foster, right? Just write it. And she took it from me. And I thought, oh God, shit, I am so friggin' busted because I shouldn't have asked her. I shouldn't have been, that shouldn't have, blah, 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 blah. She walked away and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm gonna chill too. She's chill, I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna wait a few minutes to see where this goes. It takes a few minutes, she comes back, she hands it to me, she smiles, and I open it up and it says, DeMarco, keep your nose clean, Jody Foster. <laughs> That's amazing. So that was a keeper, obviously. I should frame that because it's one of the things I want. But I have, I, I took, I, and not a lot of stuff, but I took, I took stuff. So what did you think I took? I, I thought it was going to be, because um, I'm such a fan of Orange is the New Black, I've had quite a few people from the show on. Yeah. And um, the first person I had was Ashley Jordan and Finity Steves. And they uh-huh. both stole their name tag. Oh, I have that. Oh, honey. That's that's like, I'm t- I have a plethora. I, I was in it five seasons, 45 episodes, two saggles. I Listen, I usually from every season I took, I no, yeah. I, oh, I have my tag. Of course I have my tag. Yeah, that's I what was, I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. I, I want to leave the fun questions about Orange till the end. Um, sure. You were You were present for the very sad scene in season four and it, it, that scene sparks the outcome of the rest of the series and it sparked a political movement and everything. But while you were filming Pousset's death in the cafeteria, did you sort of know that this was going to be, because it was, it was taking from political commentary that was happening in the real world. Right. Was there a feeling amongst the cast and crew on set that this was going to be as impactful and monumental as it was? All I remember is the aftermath and the the what I call a wounded numbness. Mm. We were yes because of the reflection of what was happening in real time in our in our world. It, all of us were, and, and I love to say, I mean, I I I love 
her, and I love the character so mm -hmm. much. I, as a person, I loved her. I loved watching her fall in love with her lover and her wife. Now, um, it, it was yeah, it was it was astonishingly. We had it was almost like you couldn't really speak because your heart was so so heavy. I may have been in another scene in yeah. that episode. I, I'll be honest with you. I I don't remember. Too, I mean, it's been a while and yeah. I haven't watched it recently. So um, I might have been in another scene in that episode and not remembered uh, and not realized it was happening in the cafeteria and happened mm -hmm. when it was happening. So to answer your question, there was a profound wounded, wounded numbness. We weren't, we weren't, um, we weren't uh, actors just doing a role at that. We were, we were human beings experiencing this injustice mm. yeah no it it really did i remember the the season following i was sitting in lax coming back from la and had nothing to do because typical british person i turned up four hours early to the <laughs> to the airport and didn't realize because i was flying domestically i didn't realize there was nothing to do in the airport so right. um so i watched orange and I, I remember watching it and sort of sitting crying in the in the yeah. terminal yeah it was it was horrible but i, I do i, I want to ask you a question that upsets me now because demarco was one of those characters that i really loved and it was always she was the breath of fresh air that came into like a scene that was a bit like de like depressing or heavy and demarco would come in and she'd lighten the mood you obviously to everyone who watched the show you weren't featured in the final two seasons apart from the final episode Right. Were you ever upset or angry that after five seasons of the show and sort of being part of it that you were maybe dropped for newer storylines and newer characters? Those two, those two words you used, upset and angry, were not, it's not the feeling that I felt. I was yeah. part. It was like I had lost my family and I, I didn't expect it. Uh, because of that whole bus scene, I'll never forget that moment of that day. We were on where you know you have we all were all lined up. And whoever got on that bus was going to be that was going to determine what the future of your character was going to be, where, whether you were going to be transferred to that next prison. Mm -hmm. And that feeling, I'll never forget it. All, we all and everyone was speculating. Everyone didn't know and. Yeah, it. Um, I, I I could never get angry with anyone on, especially. I mean, Genji Cohen. To me, I mean, the way she, our relationship grew as number one women. You know, mm. um, I, I she's a mensch. She's a sweetheart of a woman, brilliant, brilliant, and again, ego free. For me, my experience with Genji Cohen. I, I'll, I'll thank her for the rest of my life. And we've become friends since then. And, and um, she, I could never get angry with her because I knew, uh, number one, her um, pedigree is profound. And whatever she needed to do for that show to make it what it was, I surrendered. I surrendered because mm. she, she knew what she was doing. And would I have liked to continue? Yeah, of course I would have. Um, it was it was heartbreaking. I was very happy that she even asked me back for the last episode. So I didn't, and that was like my tail was wagging, and I was really happy to see all my peep my peeps again. And yeah, so I'm not. Yeah, you get. I was heartbroken. That's the word I can say. Yeah. No, I I, I missed a lot of the the older characters, and not older, but from previous series. Yeah. And sure. um, I, I I don't know. I I feel that that maybe in some way that was maybe orange's downfall because i think really? it could have went for longer but you do? the way that i look on it we had spent how many ever years investing into these people and into their stories and then for a lot of them to be dropped for newer characters who were used sparingly to I'm careful of how I say this because I still really do love the show, but there were newer characters who were used sparingly to comment on social commentary. Whereas I feel that characters who had already been established in the show could have done that just as well. 
Like we we know more about Beth the baby killer than we do DeMarco. Right. Yeah. And I, I feel that that was maybe its downfall. Yeah, no, I would have done, I will tell you that that was a, more, a little frustrating for me that there wasn't more of a revelation of what, what DeMarco, I mean, she was based on a real character um, in the book and Piper Kerman, she was, you know, many of the, uh, the parties we went to, I, I'd say, so, you know, how's DeMarco in, in real life, you know? And she would tell me different things. And um, so, you know, she knew her story. Yeah, so that story could have been cracked open, um, but she's a lifer. So uh, this is what I'm going to say: is that she, Demarco did get transferred to that next prison, if and when there is for some profound reason. Season eight. A, a, yeah, a reboot. She's there, so Demarco yeah. is there. She's a lifer, and um, and that's that. So, I mean, it's it's possible that, who knows? I mean, I'm always somebody that, I'm a, I'm a Pollyanna, you know? I'm like, okay, I'm going I'm to see that glass half full no matter what. You know? Yeah. I, I'm going to have faith in that. Do you have a favorite behind the scenes moment from the show that we wouldn't know about? Well, the uh, Jodie Foster story? Yeah. Yeah. Did I just tell you that one? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorites. And uh, I will tell you when we were in the bunker, it the scenes, those scenes were just hilarious. Mm. I mean, we um there were many, many moments in the bunker that we we just as actors to be so con- contained and, and it was pretty stifling in the, in the in that bunker. I mean, it was it was vast, but it was stifling and Oh, there was a beautiful moment, and I'm just thinking about it right now. In the bunker, where when um, who proposed to who? Did did Piper propose to Alex or vice versa? I'm not sure. But uh, they, it was Piper p- proposed to Alex. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when that happened, I'm telling you, my uh, 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 bl- real, real. I mean, Demar- I mean, I was so ha- so so happy. Meanwhile, you know, Demarco is like she's got all her issues about. Everything. I mean, she's got issues, but she's. I was still celebratory because you grew to love these characters so much, and that was a beautiful moment. And mm. my, one of my one of my who still who remains one of my dearest friends is Yoga Jones, Connie Shulman. She's uh, she's so great. She, uh, she, she and I. I said, you know, we're like uh, Lauren and Hardy. You know, Abbott and Costello. You know, well, that's who we are uh, on the show. We were like that, and that's who we are. Um, and now, I mean, we laugh and laugh and laugh, and we uh, we share a lot of good time. We bonded there, so I could I could talk about if I if I reflect on all of those uh, uh, seasons. In every season, there was a different thing. There's time for a memoir. Ah, yeah, right. I will. I'll jot that down. You know, <laughs> I I do have some some uh, great. What I what I do as an actor, I do put my um, lines in an index. Uh, uh, with a spiral thing on it, an index thing. So I do have like, I have a kind of a good, without having to look at every show and do a lot of research, I do that just to keep, I, I do that when I, when, I, when I went on set, everything would be very organized in that way. Mm. And so there is a good, there's a good uh, chance I could do something somewhere along the way. Well, I, I'm ready. I, I'll pre-order now. Just, just, just write it down. I, I'll, I'll take a copy. I, I do want to rewind quite a little bit, though. Um, while I was doing my research, I read that you went to the Boston Conservatory of Music to study right. acting and stuff. Yeah. And one of my favorite things in the world, we're going to play a game about them in a minute. They absolutely fuel my life. Do you have any funny or crazy out there drama school stories? Well, I, I wanted to tell you that I almost was a drama school dropout. Join the club. Yes, yes, yes. Even though I'm leaving the club now. Yeah, well, I know, but I mean, you know what? I I wouldn't even given a second thought had this not been the title of your show. And then I thought about it. I thought about it several, many times after uh, when it happened, but it hadn't come up in years in my Mm. mind. But while I was at Boston Conservatory of Music, uh, one of the teachers did a uh, play called Flukes. And it was an environmental play about whales, for preserving whales uh, in, in the world. 
And she had a contact in uh, New York City at the La Mama Theater. And so that La La Mama Theater is an experimental theater, very, very uh, respected in in New York. It's been there forever Mm -hmm. and it was respected. So she brings the show to New York. Now we're like, my my tail's wagon. I'm from Boston, in Boston, I'm gonna go to New York City and do a show off Broadway. And and this is fantastic. So we did the show and the show's flukes. And in the show, because it's about boils and water, I'm, I sing, uh, there's a character saying, uh, by the sea, by the sea, by the beautiful sea. And I would tap dance and sing that. Mm. At the end of the show, somebody hands me, the stage manager hands me a card, a note saying, we would like you to audition for a replacement on Broadway in Greece. Wow. Right, that would exactly. So you're like, you know, and all I'm the now, actors around, around me, right? Going, what, 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 what's going on? What's going on? What, what was you going to say? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm now going to, this, this podcast has quite a connection to Greece. Uh, and I would really? quite like, I'd quite like to know who you were going to play and see if, see if the stars have truly aligned. Uh, well, for, you know what? I, it's funny you say that because in my mind, I don't really, I think it was Cha Cha Diga Diga, what is it? Cha-cha de Gregorio. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I, don't quote me. All I know is that part was a blur. Um, I think it was that. But they said, all I know is the re- replacement for uh, a character in the show. So I'm like, excited and I, I'm scared, terrified. And I go back and I'm talking to everyone, you know, my drama teacher, my drama coach, and la, 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 la. go back to Boston. I, and they say, well, you've got at least, you don't know what you want to do. What if this happened? What if you were offered it? What do you, what, you have to think about these things? And they, they said, but you should at least audition. So I said, of course. I mean, I got to know what it's like to audition for Broadway. And I gave it a lot of thought. And of course, like uh, my mom has been, had been, God rest her soul, but against me being in the business. My father was an opera singer who died very young, who left her with three kids kind of broke and she was like, you're not gonna go into that business because it's a hor- it's a horrible business. And I'm like, but I'm my father. I'm, I've got my father's DNA. I, this is the gift God gave me and you can't stop me. I mean, you just mm. can't, it's, it's bigger than that. So I said to my mother, I'm gonna at least audition. But I gave it a lot of thought and I was, I needed college to mature. I really needed to, uh, start to develop as a person and a woman. And also I needed my craft to be honed. I needed to work harder on all aspects of the, of, of the, of the, business, uh, of the you know, of the industry and the craft, just the craft. So I auditioned, but I said to them at the audition, thank you for asking me. This is, a, 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 I'm so flattered and it's great, but I just want you to know that I'm going back to school. I'm going to go back to college and I need to finish it. That's such so, a brave decision to make. It was, it was brave because God knows, don't you, don't, I like so many other things in my life. I think, I wonder what. what yeah. Yeah. Uh, what roads we might've taken. Yeah. This yeah. podcast has quite a connection to Greece. My, um, yeah. my first year anniversary guest was Dinah Manoff who played Marty. And oh, then, wow. without ever knowing it or ever trying, anybody that I've ever had that's been in a production of Greece has played Marty. No kidding. Yeah, like random people who I'd never knew they were in Greece. And then they'd wow. be like, yeah, I played Marty on a European tour of Greece. So I was like, wow. oh, I wonder if, because I could see you playing a Marty. It would be great. It would be very flattering. But it, it, yeah, it, I, when, I, when I was listening to your, you know, the title of it, I thought, wow. That that almost that almost happened. I almost did. But you know what? Because of your title, of that, I also looked up some celebrities that are very successful, like yeah. what, is it Leonardo DiCaprio and Nicole Kidman and Ryan Gosling. I mean, a lot, a lot of people that dropped out of school and are hugely successful in life. So you know, Fing- fingers yeah. crossed. I'll I'll follow the pattern. <laughs> I'm I'm counting on that. <laughs> um, good play a game now, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's three stories 
Two of them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and have been submitted by listeners of the podcast. And one of them is a big fat lie that has been made up by our producer, Heather. And I have the answer in a sealed envelope so I can play along with you because these are my favorite things in the world. Wow. Okay. Thought provoking. Let's go. Number one, we were rehearsing Macbeth, and the director was wanting us to play with a scene. In order to do this, he asked one of the actresses who was playing the porter to find a new place to pop out of every time the scene started. So the actor opposite her would actually have to look to find her. At the fir- at first, she was sticking to the first level of the set as most of the scenes were blocked there, as most of the scene was blocked there. But eventually she started climbing the set of Rostra to off to the side of the stage and went to the next level of the set. Our director loved this and was excited to start the scene. Her scene partner came on stage, paused to look for her, and instead of his line, he just stared into the audience and asked, okay, where the fuck is Lady Macbeth? To which our our director yelled, you ruined her brilliance and threw her bottle of water at the actor. Wait a minute, say the last part again. You ruined her brilliance in what? So, to which our director yelled, you ruined her brilliance, and then she threw her bottle of water at the actor. Number two. We were doing Peter Pan and the Starcatcher. The aesthetic of that that show was very found object. So instead of swords for the fighting scene, we had plungers. Over the course of the show, we broke three plungers. Two seconds, sorry, I've lost my place. Two of them were broken over my head. One hit me in the face and my nose cracked it in half as well as the plunger breaking my nose. And the other was when the captain dodged a swipe and and her opponent brought it down on the top of my head. Number three, sorry, on you go. No, these are fabulous. Number three, I was expelled from drama school because I updated my school's Wikipedia page and included a section on the staff and collected honest reviews about them and their teachings. It's safe to say my school were not impressed. I don't know. My thoughts are the plunger one. Like, how is somebody breaking a plunger with someone's nose? So that would you would say lie. I think that one's the lie, but you don't have to come with me. You can you can pick your own. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely think that's the lie as well. Because there um, are some directors that would throw water bottles at people. And going off my own experience in my first time at drama school, I could have done the same thing on Wikipedia. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they would not have appreciated necessarily, but no, you would have done it. <laughs> they, they wouldn't. Well, what happens all the time? It was, it was number three. That was the lie. We got it wrong. No. I, I wonder if I wonder if Heather um took it took inspiration from my from my first yes. time. <laughs> That's funny. Bravo, Heather. Uh, Bravo. No, they're my they're my favorite things in the world. And if anybody out there has stories for drama school dropout for stage right or stage right, please email us at drama school dropout pod at gmail.com and maybe one day they'll be on the podcast. A fun question that I like to ask everyone that comes on is if you were booked in the West End or Broadway, but preferably the West End so I can come and see it, and you were doing a two-person show and the casting director comes and says to you, listen, we've got enough money, you can have anyone in the world to be your co-star, but they have to be alive, who are you picking? Jodie Comer! Fabulous answer. Are you kidding me? I am madly in love with this woman. (laughs) Madly in love with her. She's going to Broadway, I'm sure. I am not that girl to get that gets like that. Yeah. Madly love, you know, but that. Uh, please. I'm sure she's coming to Broadway. She is with yes. the show. Prima Fancy. Yeah, with the show. Absolutely. You'll have she, to go. Oh, are you kidding me? The second I know there, the tickets are on sale. The second. <laughs> she is mesmerizing on stage. Yeah. I mean, on film. I'm just mesmerizing. I That series to me. Hmm. took my breath away she takes my breath away no she's so good i'll carry on my campaign for like 90 weeks almost now Catherine tate please come on the podcast or please do a two-person show in the west end with me and you'll make me the happiest man in the world oh that's great i love Catherine tate you've you've had such a career already such an amazing career but what what's been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment showgirls yeah yeah it was my first feature film it was something i i mean i was playing a nun off broadway fully 
you know, from the wimple to the bottom of my toes covered. And I got the audition for Showgirls. And they asked me to uh, expose my breast a little, a little. And I said, well, okay, here's a little, here's a little. <laughs> and, they, you know, here's a little. and they were like, well, and I said, well, you know, it doesn't say nudity. So what are you talking about? They said, oh, no, it's going to be computer generated. The, the breasts are going to, the, the dress is going to come down and like Jessica Rabbit, like the animation of Jessica Rabbit, the film, it was going to go, woo, 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 and yeah. it's not going to be your breast. And I'm like, uh, okay, that sounds like a plan to me. That's fun. And why not? And it was, you know, it was Joe Esterhaus and, and Paul Verhoeven. They had made Basic Instinct and it was going to, I said, well, this is, I've got to do this. And I said, but I cannot have nudity. After like the fourth audition, I go down to Bobby De Niro's, uh, his, I don't know, his, his whatever the, the rehearsal studios, are, whatever the audition rooms. And there's yeah. Paul, yeah, Paul Verhoeven's there. And he says like, you know, and I, I got dressed up as the character, Henrietta Bazoom, and I was being all bawdy and, and dry sense of humor, beat up kind of prostitute. And, and the audition went well. And I was like, well, this is going really well. And then at like kind of the last audition, they asked me to expose my breasts uh, right there. And mm. I'm like, holy shit, I'm, I'm like, this is not the way it's supposed to go. And I, I said, you know, I need to like call my agent. I, I need to talk to somebody about this because I didn't think this is the way it's gonna go. And, um, or I gotta get back to you or something. And I went backstage in the theater. I remember I was performing that night in my nun's costume, and the uh, the the woman who was um, starring in the show, Dodie Goodman, who is was a fabulous character actor. She had a very voice like this. She used to talk like this. And she said to me, "Tucci, just you know." She was like, "Do if they don't offer the job, you do it. You don't even question it. You do it." And she said, "Just." I said, "They're gonna have nipple exposure." She goes, "Just put a tattoo on them." And I thought, "Oh, that's clever." They'll see my breasts, but they'll have tattoos on my nipples. That's good. I said, Jody, you smile. Oh, just put a tattoo. Take the job. It's a feature film. Blah, blah, blah. I, I call my agent and I go, well, here it goes. You now have to do nipple negotiation. That's what you have. How much of the nipple is going to be exposed? <laughs> and that was like the first. There's the title of the episode. Nipple negotiation. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Um, that was the first time that I was like, welcome to the world. And look, I had to do it then. I was much younger. Mm. And I and in the film, it's funny because I've had people say to me, you know, your nipples get darker and darker and darker as, as you do this trick, this, 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 this dress trick that mm. I do. And um, I, you know, dress goes up and down. I, I laugh and blah, blah, blah. And it does get darker and darker because I was mental about the fact that they had to put as much makeup over the nipple as possible. So in my head, at least I had pasties on or something. But those are my breasts and those are my, I think they're burgundy nipples. (laughs) 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 The goddamn film, it was like, okay, they're like burgundy. Mm. Yeah, that that, that was one of the first life lessons. Nipple negotiation. I, I'm, I'm a fan of that um, that phrasing. Um, yeah, I know. I, I'm wanting to do something brand new on the podcast, and I, I want you to be the the first person that does it. Um, okay. I want you to ask the next guest a question. We don't know who it's going to be, but yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Next question. Uh, wow. That's a, that's very that's. That is thought-provoking. Don't know what it was what's going to be. Don't know who it's going to be, so just something about the acting industry. Yeah. You know, I know it's cliche because it's been asked before, and um, I've never been asked that, this question, but I think it's a good question because what you would say to your younger self because when I grew up, there was, I mean, there, the, the idea of doing this as a, a livelihood 
was never, um, you know, I mean, no, no little kid uh, thinks of them doing them doing it as a livelihood. But what we, what advice would you give that ch- that person, child? I, I was, I was like I said, high school before I discovered it. But that's, I think it's an important question. I mean, mm. and I, I know it's not very. I mean, you, it would. I wish it were more clever than that. But I think it's no, an important I, question. I, I like that, and because uh, I, I do think it's important because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and like if you were to ask me that I'd probably say like even just a 19 year old Ingram like just it'll happen don't worry about it like yeah well you know what let me let me let me tell you something do you know the Andre de Shields you know who he is I've heard the name okay he is he's just uh last year won the Tony for um Hades Town yes yes and if let me t- promise me this that you will youtube his acceptance speech i will do and all of your listeners all of your listeners please do this it's in the show notes below go and click it after you finish listening to the episode you youtube the andre de shields acceptance speech for hades town broadway he said well i'm not going to quote everything he said but one of the first things he said was he did say, I want to thank my and everyone out there who's inspired me and my agents and, 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 and the producers of it. He said, first words, surround yourself who's, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up when they see you coming. That's yeah. the first word. Then he gives a few other things. He goes on and on, uh, not on and on, but just two or three other things. And I'm gonna I'm gonna only tease you with that because I want you to hear the others because they're equally important to because it's about the career but it's also about your your posse mm. your tribe who's gonna be there to lift you who's gonna be there to 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 guide you this this guy he's he's a dear friend of mine he lives five I could see his apartment from here and I saw him on the street yesterday and. At 70, uh, he had a big career before Hades Town. He's been in the business for a million years. Yeah. I think he may have even won a, a, won a Tony for eight Mr. Hades. But he, he's, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievably inspiring to me because it's, it's more about, it's not about your resume uh, for me and how much, it's about keeping on, keeping yeah. on. And, and like you said, chill, it's going to happen. Be prepared. You know, keep your craft going. Uh, try get get as much experience as you can, so that when that phone rings, you're ready. And it, it, and especially with the pandemic, we're all you know shaking off like how we get replugged in. I am. I'm still shaking off how to get replugged in. And when I won, when I got orange, we go to the same gym. And when I when I go when I did orange. Uh, he had known I'd been auditioning and he, t- I turned around and I said, I just booked orange, Andre, I just booked orange. And he just looked at me as cool and calm as he, as, as he is. You thought it never would happen. Didn't you? you thought it would never happen. And I could cry because yeah. I yeah. That's, that's hit me in a way, actually. It, it, yeah. It's so weird. And it's such a, it's such a weird industry where we sort of, are faced with so much rejection and there's there's jobs that I've went up for that I don't even particularly want but it's just like give me the job but I think when when that thing comes along it's supposed to happen and and yeah like it's such a weird industry and I feel like there's so much to talk about it but I'm neither qualified nor experienced enough to talk about the the psychology of the acting industry but yeah I I just think everybody needs to sort of just slow down a little bit yeah, yeah. Don't take, exactly. don't take self-care and be kind to yourself. Yeah, be kind to yourself. And and if if, if you if you are committed to the, the the industry and the craft, just keep on keeping on. And, and but it's very important that posse and that tribe. Yeah. Is, yeah. So when he when he said one day I was on the street, I said, you know what? And he sent me a Christmas card where he has a caricature of himself on it with the Tony Award and all the quotes from that speech. And I quoted him on it and I said, uh, surround yourself with people whose eyes light up 
And he goes, when they see you coming is an important part of that phrase. One of, one of the most important parts is that whole thought. And, and, and every time I see him, my tail wags. I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm, I yeah. get my eyes light up. And that, that's, that's, you know, and I'm sure you have people that I could tell by your energy, your sincerity, your, your, you have, uh, I, I, you're very real, you're authentic. And I'm sure you have a posse of people that I hope that so. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, I can guarantee you. I, 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 <laughs> I, I tend to, like, a lot of my best mates don't work in this industry, and like, some of them do, but I've got a lot of mates that just, like, aren't, that, that don't really have a clue what I'm doing when I'm, like, right. I, I'm going to a rehearsed reading, and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah, but they're proud of you. They have yeah, to Yeah, no, my mates I have never been to a theatre before and came to um, This Is Where We Get Off and loved it. So, yeah, my yeah, mate actually. Yes, please do. I'll send it over. I am um, one of my best mates who had been present throughout the whole process and hadn't been to rehearsals or anything, but had been sort of sat there while I was crying over what side of the stage this photo frame was going to go on. And he said to me after, do you know, I really thought you were kidding yourself on and that you just didn't want to get a real job by doing this acting stuff. And he said no but but do it like he just turned around and said you need to do this and yeah and then i booked an agent two days later take it serious as um a livelihood yeah i mean you know that that's a very important part of the equation that you have to pay you you have to pay your bills i mean we all had the second second jobs we all we had third jobs Mm. we i did all of that and um but i was very there was look i live in new york city it was non-negotiable that I got to get paid. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, this is why with Equity and Screen Actors Guild, being a union member and being uh, proud to be a union member and be participating in the negotiations for different variety of things. Um, yeah, take that very seriously. Don't know your worth. Know yeah, your worth. 100%. We're, we're coming to the end now. It's been so fascinating, like genuinely, like thank you so much for coming on. But what are you doing next? Have you got anything coming up that you're allowed to talk about? Um, well, I don't have, I, what I'm uh, doing is helping promote um, a short film that I uh, did uh, called Anniversary. Mm-hmm. That was just the greatest experience because again, it was, um, it was the quality of the work and the writing. It's a female friendship kind of uh, a, a film, short film. Uh, the um, uh, what's, uh, Gina Davis um, is uh, the founder of this uh, film festival called mm-hmm. Bentingtonville Film Festival, and she's very into women's um, writing for women project and a woman of a certain age and diversity in women. So this particular uh, script was of this wonderful black actress called Johnny May. Fabulous, funny, but but a heart like that mm. can be very intense. And we're we're neighbors, and a, a situation happens that's a slice of life situation, and what uh, transpires after that, and how we come together, like kind of like the Thelma and Louise, but the the mini version. And so, yeah. in terms of the, the the collaboration of two friends you know, coming together for a, a purpose. And, is it available you know, online? Um, I don't know yet. Uh, that I, 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 I know it just premiered at the, um, I, know, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find No, because everybody that's listening, I would, if, if it's available online, it's down in the show notes right now. So once you finish listening to this, go and watch Anniversary. And if it's not available online, I'll plug it in a future episode when it is. Oh, that's sweet. It's 15 minutes. It's a short film. But I'm so into like promoting uh, the film with them um, mm. because it, it, it's just it's a feel-good movie. I mean, it mm. just makes you feel good. If there's, if, even if you're two men sitting there or, or kids, it's, it could be funny and uh, touching. And when we shave, pluck, and wax our faces and pluck our, pluck our things and shave our together like... Uh, you know, like girls do at they, when we, well, I don't do this anymore, but when we were younger and go, come on, let's have girls tonight, do it. But we're doing it for 
purpose in this film for something that happens. It's it's fun. It's a good romp. So that's no, I'm excited I'm to see it. I'm I'm gonna add it add it yeah, to I my never ending list. It'll make it smile. It'll make it no, smile. definitely. Where can everyone find you on social media and keep up to date with what you're doing? Well, I'm really bad. You, I'm, I'm such a bad, bad girl. But I do have my website, lintucci.com. Yeah. Um, I do have my Facebook page. That's a public page um, that somebody kind of manages because I'm really bad. <laughs> I, 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 the Twitter thing, you know, uh, the, the lintucci at OITMB. Um, but I don't, I mean, I'm horrible. I know all of the links. They're all down in the show notes below. Please make sure to go follow Lynn on social media. I do it. I don't, I mean, I've tried. I really tried. And I also think for me, because it's difficult, I don't want to get sucked into the vortex of spending too much time invested in that. That's just me and my, I had to have that conversation. I was like, my agent's like, look, am I not going to get hired because I don't have, one million followers or eight million followers or and they were like no no Lynn that isn't why you're gonna get hired not no. you not you now maybe if you were 20 30 40 years younger maybe yeah maybe no, me not me, <laughs> yeah, not me. so um, I mean are you on cameo or anything like that no I know cameo. about it you learn a shit ton of money I heard of, I know, friend of mine, I, I went to a show, the, a theater thing the other day, and my friend who I met there, I didn't know he was there, he said, oh, and he's in the, well, he's a stage manager, but he's like, yeah, I, I, I want a cameo thing with one of the actors in there, and he told, I had not heard about it, this was a while ago, and yeah, I know, I, I heard about that. Yeah, you need <laughs> to right. get on it. You know it. what, I'm, I'm, I am gonna, I am trying to get replugged in, like I said, as we talked earlier about where my priority is, yeah. but I know now I have to crack open um, mm. the the industry's plugins again, and I am doing that. So Listen, I, it will come. Thank you for reminding me about that because maybe I will look into it again. I will actually put a post-it on my computer and say, <laughs> look, you're never going but genuinely this has been this has been so great um so thank you so much it's been so lovely and it's it's been so a, welcome so much. a I pleasant wish you re-entry love in the world from the bottom of my heart i i i the energy i felt when i was reading your stuff and listening to some of your podcasts you have a lot of talent thank you, you. have you really do in so many areas and the screen i mean in the playwriting thing is unbelievable and you're you're very you're very thought-provoking and i i really look forward to to please you know i don't know how, well yeah i will figure out how to follow you more <laughs> <laughs> no definitely and it what i always say to everyone i i have no plans to be in new york anytime soon but if you ever if you're ever in scotland please you got my get your my email off of your agent and i'm always down to show people around first round's always on me we'll exchange that i'll tell my i'll tell my agent when i get off the phone to give you my email and then we'll, we'll have Perfect. that but i have i was in bath england whenever i was and i had to go uh i, I went to bath england and I really wanted to go to Scotland. It was like, what, six hours away from me yeah. or something like that? Yeah, you need to come far. to Scotland, but you need I to come know. to Glasgow, not Edinburgh. Glasgow so, is the superior city. Well, I would have, I will, I, if you say so, I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to go to Scotland. So I regret doing that, not doing that. And um, so it's on my bucket list, as they say. Well, when, when you do make it here, I, I'll show you around. I'll show you the good places. Do you drink oh. vodka? Gin. I'm a gin girl. Right. Well, I know where to get good gin. Good. <laughs> I'll, I'll good. show you. But anyway, I will let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much okay. for doing this. It's God been so lovely. You. God bless you always. Thank yeah. you so much. Amo. Ciao. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 95 completed. We're almost there. We're on the road to 100. Thank you so much to Lynn for coming on the podcast. Make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And remember, if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. 
Com. While you're at it, if you're feeling extra generous, please scroll down and leave us a rating and a review. It helps us out so much you don't even know, and it's free. So why bloody not? And don't forget, you can now become an official drama school dropout by signing up to our Patreon for loads of exclusive benefits by using the link in the show notes below. As per usual, I've been Ingram Noble, and I'm your resident drama school dropout, and I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode as we count down until the 100th episode. Thank you so much for continuing to listen at Genuine means the absolute world so until next week stay safe i love you drama school dropout no graduation day for you drama school dropout fucked your whole course now try something new